0: And welcome back to the For film Site Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Shea and I'm here with Chris lucky and today we're going to be talking about kiss kiss bang, bang, yeah but before any of that uh chris you've you've apparently got a story to tell. I didn't need to sit uh, <laughs> t- up,
1: I'll, I I'll, it up. I'll, I'll tell the story later when it's yeah because it makes it, the story is that much whacker when you set it up <laughs> um <laughs> Let's start that over. And welcome back. I'm Brian Archia. This is Chris
0: Lucky. We're talking kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Let's do the the, the the opening. opening.
1: All right. All right. Chris Lucky. Brian? Yeah. Yeah? All right.
0: Anyway, (laughs) uh, we're talking kiss, 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 bang, bang. But before we do any of that, uh, uh, what's up, Chris? What have Um, you been up to?
1: Just a shit week, I guess. A shit week, shit month. Uh, What happened? Nothing. and That's that's the problem. Okay. That's the problem. That's a new problem. You know, um, I'm just gonna start digging here. Yeah, yeah, no, for free. Going, let's going. explore.
0: Let's let's have a cathartic moment.
1: Yeah, I, there, there's no, there's nothing new to be discovered here because <laughs> right. I've I've been here for a very long time. You know, and it's it's fine. It's fine. I mean, It's totally not fine. It's, yeah, <laughs> but it, but it's fine. You know, but this this is the thing. It's like with um when 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 every person ultimately dies. You know. The people that that remain here when they 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 talk about the person that died, they're not going to talk about the person so much as they're talking about the things that the person did for them right. and the way that the person made them feel, right. You know, it's not less invite x person to the party because of this thing that the the things that they've improved about themselves or this or this like oh this person makes me laugh or this person makes me feel good about myself there are things that you do for them anything that you're doing for yourself for self-improvement self-reflection self-embetterment self-empowerment nobody gives a fuck nobody will give a fuck there's not a person on this earth that has that kind of invested interest in any of you any of us, not your mother, not your father. At, at one point, when, when when you're younger, they they may still fond for you. They may still love you that much to where it's just anything that you want to be, I'm going to be a police officer. I'm going to be a president. Okay, let's put all of our energy into making sure this person is not like LeBron James. You know, the five year old. But right. by the time you become a teenager or seven, eight, nine, just depending on who you know, how well off your parents or people surrounding you are, or your um your safety net is. They don't give a fuck about your self-improvement. They they, they will care about, oh, let's make sure that Chris stays alive. Let's make sure that Brian doesn't die of a heart attack. You know, it's just like things like they'll care about whether you live or you die. Right. You know, but the things that you're doing for yourself that doesn't directly affect the other person, don't give a fuck. Won't give a fuck. When's the last time I asked you about your grades? didn't don't you know why cuz don't give asking. a fuck never don't give a fuck like and just think like think about just random people in your family they're not going to say hey well, how how are you doing in school good oh let me let me hear more let me hear right. more about no. your self improvement never they're not going to do it because they don't give a fuck they you could be you can be making c's and D's and graduate out of the school you could be making straight A's the same people will not give a fuck they do not. you know and, and and that's that's the thing is like it, that's I'm, I'm double backing anything that you're doing for yourself to improve yourself to embetter better yourself it's for you it's for you it's not gonna be a um oh well people are not
0: gonna celebrate your self-improvement never
1: never it's not gonna happen it's not it's not gonna be well well things are hard right now things are hard this january you know but but in two years from now i'll show all these people no you won't you'll show yourself you'll show yourself because two (laughs) years from now they won't even remember that shit that's that's driving you to get to where you need to go they've already forgotten they don't give a fuck they don't give a fuck the only person that cares is you is you essentially you're going to be the only you're you can use any kind of fuel to motivate you to get from point a to point b you can you can you can let it be those people that aren't trying to help you or the people that don't care about you which is how whoever you think that is but i'm just saying you're not going to prove a point to anyone but yourself right ever and it's 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 just a um it's it's not a realization but it's a it's a sad fact is a sad fact okay. that we're all here individually on our own for ourselves. You know, that's it. That it's it. That right. is it.
0: Usually, I feel the cynic in, in a situation, and mm. not, not, I'm not calling you. You know,
1: I am c- cynic. cynical. I'm, as a I'm whole. Very cynical.
0: No, no, I know you are, but yeah. I'm not calling you cynical as a whole. But that, like, usually, I, I, I carry the the cynic persona in my mm. head, and I, you
1: kind of. No, I'm trying to about, I, I usually try to be optimistic. Like, yeah. I, you know, like you say those things, and like I'm like, no, I agree with you, like we became friends earlier on because I identify with all that shit. Like it's still there and it comes out every now and again but it's just like in order to get to where I want to go it's like I kind of ignore anything negative and only focus on the positive you know and just slowly trudgingly get there a little bit at a time but it just comes to a point to where you're Putting so much on yourself every single day and there's like no one to say, hey, let me take this off your back for a minute. You know, I'll carry it for just a second, you know, because I see how hard you're working to get to this spot. Just let me hold on to it for a second. Then I'll give it back to you. No, you're on your fucking own. That's just how it is. It's unfortunate. Yeah, and I mean,
0: that's for, the sad state of reality. Yeah.
1: yeah, and for for the people out there that do have that kind of safety net, or people that have that kind of invest, invested interest in your life or your success or your own personal goals, mm-hmm. that's great. But I don't see that in the in, in the general public. The general yeah. person, you're you, you're out there yourself. You're out there alone. Yeah, there's a very and,
0: limited level of interaction yeah. with the general person.
1: Yes, and it's it's tough. And I mean, it's just. I know I'm. I'm saying it to myself or anybody that's generally the same. You know, is that right. that is just is never going to happen. You're never going to show anybody anything. Not never, really. Never. The, you can show yourself, but it's just. I'm,
0: I'm. I'm curious. Are you okay that something happened that were you just sitting at home and this came over your head or that's like there that was was there an event that triggered this?
1: Too much like self-reflection meditation type stuff. Because, okay. I mean, um, is January, March, May? Is this May? Yeah. It's May now. So, I mean, since January, like, I've been on the whole, like, getting healthy thing. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's cut out, like, alcohol and tobacco and marijuana. And I, I go to work, I go to school, I come home, and it's like I'm too clear-minded. At all times. Like, I have a thought, and I'm thinking about it. So it's like, this has been for four months now. So you of, can
0: just have that thought. Not, not even just that yeah. thought,
1: just... just just bit, like, I, yeah, there's just thoughts, mm-hmm. like any, any truth, like everybody knows the truth. The truth is when within every single person yeah. and they know what the truth is. And what we do sometimes is tr- like truth, truth is that we don't want to face. Mm-hmm. We'll block it out or ignore it in some kind of way. Right. Like I can drink or I'll, you know, distract myself with a nice movie or, you know, or I'll put myself in a food coma, you know, it's just, or have a conversation with a friend, just anything. i right, just saying yeah. there's, there's things that we can distract our, ourselves from the truth and just having four months of no distraction of, you know, just being so clear minded and sober and the weight of everything that I'm trying to accomplish is just bearing down on me all at once. And I'm just like looking around and then I'm just like, if if the podcast like stopped tomorrow. Nobody's gonna give a fuck. Like people might be upset a bit, but like, oh, that that podcast was was kind of cool, you know. But it's not gonna be a people aren't gonna come knocking on the door and be like, oh, here's a hundred dollars, keep it going for another few months. You know, it's just not gonna happen. (laughs) Like even like my mother and father not gonna be like, oh, the podcast is in. Why is that in? Well, it was such a good thing. Here, let me help you support it. Not gonna happen. You know, same thing with schools. Like I can be, I'm a month away from graduating right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had to pay for this thing all on my own, and that's not a new thing. Like people do that. You know, and and it's just. I could decide that tomorrow I've come this far. I'm 30 days away from graduating. I can drop out tomorrow. Nobody's going to give a fuck. The same people that cared two months ago, two years ago, are going to be the same people that cared right now. Me. You know, the person that cared if I get back in school two years ago, who was sitting there saying you need to go get back in school? Nobody. Nobody was saying you need to do that. And if they are, who was helping do that? Nobody, <laughs> you know, just me. So it's like, if I decide that I don't want to do it anymore, then I'm the only one that gives a fuck. If I decide that I want to continue, then I'm the only one that gives a fuck. I'm the only one that is invested in it. Right. You know, and like I said, maybe just speaking to myself and speaking to the people that that I've had that are going through that is just the moment isn't going to come. It's just not going to come. So, I mean, it's, it sounds depressing, but in the end, it's, it's empowering. I
0: mean, yeah, because because it, it's all on you, yeah, to
1: a degree. Like like yeah. like
0: even friends, like we're pretty close friends, yeah. Uh, but you're right. I mean, uh, at some point, after I ask the questions that I as a friend would ask, mm. it's gonna be like, "All right, man, it's your yeah. thing." Yeah. Uh, and and that and that always happens. And but I here's the thing, and like you said, it sounds depressing, but there really is some sort of
1: empowerment t- to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's comfort in it knowing yeah. that I could do heroin could. right now. Yep. Yeah. And I would I would be. In the grand scheme of things, I would be fine. I could be Possibly. high and dead, mm. but I would no one would care enough to nope. question why I decided to do heroin. Nope. At that point, and and I don't know. It's it's depressing. But yeah. I don't know. If you ever want to talk about shit, text.
1: I mean, yeah, that's that's what the podcast. I mean, yeah. it's just like I <laughs> like I'll sit there and just go over the stuff in my head. But I mean, it's just people don't we don't care. We just don't care enough. I mean, it's like I have a I have a friend. We both have a, a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Um, this person is doing cocaine like every time yep. I see this person that I could get together. And the thing is, it's like I said, it's when, when you're forced to live with yourself and be in your own truth. Like drugs and alcohol or, and things like that, they're distractions. Like you can say you're using them for fun, but when they become a, a habitual thing, yeah. something that you're going to over and over and over again, you're using it as an escape. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? So the person is like saying, hey, we should invite this person over to the party. It, the reason is because what they can do for me. Oh, this person is a good time. This person I'll be able to get drugs from. Or, you know, mm-hmm. it's like it's not that this person has been really trying to embed uh, themselves and make themselves a better person and, you know, accomplish these things in life. That does nothing. For me, right? You know, you know what I'm saying. That's there's nothing for me, and and you know, I'm not going to the person I'm like, hey, uh can I help you get through your issues or problems? What issue? I'm having a good time. I'm doing a lot of coke. Having, you know, what I'm saying nobody. You're not going to invest yourself into the actual person, whether they're doing right. well or not.
0: And, 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 and like, it, it it sucks. It sucks that that's kind of the case yeah. all the times. But sometimes it's a matter of like. People not wanting to open up when you do offer that help. Yeah. Like nine times out of ten, like I, 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 like friends that I really do give a shit about, nine times out of ten, I try to get that that channel to open up. Yeah. But they just won't. Uh, yeah. People just don't do it. Yeah. A lot of the time, and that and that sort of creates the attitude. is like, all right, I can't open up. I can't care about this person the way that I want to. So I'm just mm. gonna turn a blind the eye to the thing. Yeah. So like I appreciate like most of the friendships that I've had that have been like really proper friendships have been because the person has been willing to open up up and and accept the fact that, hey, like, I may not be able to help, but I care enough to want you to open up. Like, I want to have the conversation. Yeah. And like that's why I became friends with you. That's why I'm friends with Sage. That's yep. why I'm friends with Louise. Yeah. Uh, the girl that I'm dating, Sarah. Mm. Now you're uh, dating someone. I'm dating
1: someone. Yeah. All right. And uh, you said we were friends. What the fuck is this about? <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> you're, da- you're dating a person named Sarah. All right.
0: I do. I am dating dating a person named Sarah. We'll talk
1: about this later off there. All right.
0: Uh, yeah. It's fine. Mm. Uh, we've uh, started. It's been. A, it's a recent thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been going great. And mm. but like the people that I'm. That I'm close with has been because they've decided to open up that channel. And yeah. usually it comes at a sacrifice of me blurting out something that's incredibly personal. Yeah. And me just going like, I wanted to kill myself three years ago. And yeah. then they go like, oh, fuck. They open right okay. up after from that too, yeah. Uh, and, and that's, usually, that's the thing that I love doing. Cause those are the people that I, you know, I, I, I like to, to yeah. keep around Oh yeah, because like the, there's a sense of honesty in, in the human condition that a lot of people are not willing to acknowledge. Of course. Yes. And, and that's, you know, we're all fucked up. Mm-hmm. We're all, we all cry ourselves to sleep at least once a week. Well, once uh, a month maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: it's like you, I, I can say that we all want to cry ourselves to sleep at least once a week. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll edit to that. And uh but I don't know I think it's, I think it's an interesting thing mm. what people are because it, like it, and and it's it's weird cuz I'm usually like depressed and bummed out yeah. but the last month and a half have been really good like I've been nice. comfortable with being awake yeah uh which is a new thing
1: nice <laughs> really mm-hmm.
0: and uh and so like when you're when you feel good you sort of start noticing that all the other people around you are doing their own thing yeah. and going through their own bullshit yep. cuz you're kind of like
1: you're and I'm, I'm
0: not I'm not bummed out, yeah. so you can notice people that are bummed out, mm-hmm. and I've and, and that's a that's an interesting place to be as oh, someone definitely. that's been depressed for like three years. Yeah, and I don't know. It's just it's been an interesting time, and I love talking about it to people. Yeah. A lot of people don't open up, and it True. fucking kills me. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's it's um it's 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 just tough. Like I mean, I'm I'm getting through it. Gonna get through it. I mean, it's just like I said. There, there's a bit of self empowerment to where you can just put all responsibilities on your shoulders, but. Mm -hmm. there's a dark side of it now, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'm looking at. One of my favorite movies uh, is Scarface. You know, we, we did an episode on that. And um, by the time that uh, that Tony Montana gets the things that he wants, you know, because as a kid uh, living in Cuba, like he's saying, the things that he has to eat, he's eating like some um, squid, like every fucking day, squid and noodles, just every fucking day. Just tired of that shit. Just living in the in poverty, not be, seeing all these nice things from America, and he's not isn't privy to any of it. Not being able to do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, and how he wants to do it. So by the time he gets to America, and he's empowered with the ability to do anything that he wants it. like he's working so hard through terrible means you know mm-hmm. to get everything that he wants there's a conversation with his uh, with his wife Elvira she says um, he, he's saying I worked hard for this he talks about how hard he works for it and then she says that's, that's too bad somebody should have given it to you you would have been a much nicer person You know, so so just saying like the dark side I'm looking at is, say, 20 years from now Mm -hmm. is where, you know, you graduate, get one degree, graduate, get another degree. You know, you go into these like work so hard to get your body looking like TV ready and doing all these different things, you know, to perfect yourself in your eyes, Mm -hmm. you know, and then now you finally have everything that you seemingly wanted. Mm-hmm. you know and you don't want to give that up for anything it's just there there's a certain amount of anger when you know that you've done this all on your own and you you know so you you're not going to You'll do there's anything a, to hold on to it. There's an you know?
0: arrogance that comes with
1: it. Yeah, like if, if, I, if someone gives me something, then it's mm-hmm. like you don't appreciate something given as much as something that you've earned, especially right. something that you've earned without help. Yeah. You know, so it's like I can, the dark side of that is just seeing a sinister version of myself that is just so conceited and arrogant and self-serving. You know, because I've had to do so many things for myself, by myself, right. that by the time that I can finally afford to do what I want to do when I want to do it how I want to do it that that will be it like those that I want to do things right now well, well we can just give us 15 minutes so we'll be there nope fuck off I'm going by myself you know right. or um hey let's let's um you know it's, it's just when you're when you're isolated for so long I feel like that's the future I you mean know? yeah
0: it's, it's, a, it's a slippery slope for sure
1: you know it's, it's it's
0: it can lead to a bunch of bad stuff um like like uh, specifically the arrogance part
1: yes like how how can you remain humble when it's just when you know how hard, and, and I, I admire someone like a uh, like a LeBron James or a mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant, like basketball metaphors, like basketball. Right. But um, but just someone that is like, you know they came from absolute nothing. Not Drake, you know you came from nothing when you were actually on Degrassi. And like that's not nothing for, mm-hmm. for me. And even when I'm saying from nothing, it's like there are people that were worse off than me. Mm-hmm. But it's just when you're saying from that far down to work so hard, there's there's nobody, you can't, Tell LeBron James good job, and then he'll go hit ten three pointers in a row. The only way you can do that is by working hard yourself, over yeah. and over and over and over and fucking over. You know, nobody can do it for you. So by the time that you get there, you're relentless. You're a fucking an in, uh, insane person. <laughs> you know, by the time you finally get to that goal, they they talk they talk <laughs> about Kobe Bryant as a borderline sociopath.
0: Yeah you have to be.
1: He cares about no one. He cares about himself, and he cares about winning, and. I just hate to think that I'm going down that road, you know, of not caring about anybody and anything other than myself and my goals and what I want to accomplish, because I don't feel like there's anyone else that cares about me, my goals and what I want to accomplish. You know, they they may care about me or me in a a sense. You know, I think people care if I live or die or if I'm ill, you know, things like that. But as far as what my goals are and what I want to accomplish, nobody gives a fuck. Zero fucks, zero fucks. If 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 um like I said if I decided to drop out today mm-hmm. then you Lauren Daniel Jordan everybody's still gonna invite me to the next cookout everybody's still gonna be my friend you know nobody right. nobody is it's not gonna be an issue it's just that's my self improvement I'm the only one that cares it's just
0: yeah it's a hard it's a hard line to gauge because I I definitely don't like I get the idea of like becoming so arrogant with yourself because you have to build yourself up yeah. Bit. That you sort of become this this asshole that you don't want to be. Yes, and and I see that happening with me every so often. I'm like I'm not amazing at everything mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, but I'm moderately good okay. at the things that I do. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, but and I know that I got there because I worked hard at it. Yes. So whenever someone tells me that they need help with something or they need uh, help doing this other thing, I'm like, why can't you figure it out? I figured it out.
1: You. It, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that that's that's the th- that's that's yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking yes, because yeah, because like you're 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 a fucking wizard with Photoshop. Like you're you're fucking awesome with it. And the thing is, it's like when I was making little LeBron James metaphor, like I can't say you know, Brian, do this on Photoshop if you have no experience. The only way that you you have the experience from doing it over and over and yeah. over, trial and error. This didn't work. Let me figure out a way to do this. You know, days, weeks, months, years of doing something. You know, so that means that you know how to fucking do it now. And right. now then now some random person comes up and they want to know how to do it it's, that's, that goes with another one of my arguments that I've been having for a long time that I don't care how talented somebody is mm-hmm. never cared about talent I care about hard work Right. That's I all appreciate I really care about. Talent, but yeah,
0: I, I care more about a person's work.
1: Ethic. So much more about yeah. it, you know, because your talent, like in Photoshop, that your talent would be, you know, the aesthetics, you know, mm-hmm. what, how pretty or how nice you can make something. But the hard work is you knowing how to fucking use the application inside and out, and right. you can only get that from the hard work, you know, mm-hmm. and.
0: I mean, I I, I get it, and mm-hmm. there's always and it's a difficult. It really, because I, I struggle with the same idea. Mm. I struggle with the same idea of like trying not to be too arrogant. Yeah. But sometimes, even when I'm at work, you know, like people just don't give a shit. And no. so, like, every time I see someone not give a shit and then they ask me for help, mm. I'm just like, I don't give a shit about you not giving a shit. Yes. And exactly. so, like, I get this sort of inflated sense of ego. Mm. And that's the thing that concerns me the most about being a person is that I'm going to have that inflated sense of ego mm. because I have worked so hard at the things that I've wanted to work on. Yes. Whereas other people are just kind of like, eh. And then they still get and, some semblance of what they wanted.
1: And why should you treat them? It's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, why, why, do, why should I pretend that we're equal when we're clearly not?
0: And, and that's you the know? thing. And, and <laughs> I, I had that thought. I was talking with Sage about it yesterday because mm-hmm. we were both complaining about work. And we had that thought. It's like, you know, people say that they we're equal. And yeah. we, I, I get that in the social sense, in yeah. the social political sense, that makes sense. Yeah. But we're not in any other sense. No. no. (laughs) Like some people are just shitty. Some people are just lazy, shitty people. Yeah. And some people work immensely hard to get what they want. Yes. And some people just get lucky. And like me trying, like uh, I struggle with that that idea of me working hard for the things that I want and sort of separating the lines of what was luck, what was given to me, and Mm -hmm. what what was the thing that I worked really hard. Mm -hmm. And like keeping myself humble in that is definitely like one of my biggest concerns yeah. and everything so like i try not to let anything get to my head mm-hmm. but every time there's like someone that goes like hey you know how to do this thing in photoshop mm-hmm. you can google it i'm pretty sure you'll get it yes. i mean you'll fuck it up 700 times mm-hmm. but you'll get it yeah and uh, like i like i'm not teaching anybody anything by just doing it it's no. just kind of like i mean i can explain to you how it works mm-hmm. i can tell you how the software thinks mm-hmm. i can and if you're willing to listen to that sure i'll fucking help you out yeah yeah but like, we all just, we all need that that sort of person to to tell us like, hey, you're doing it wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to tell you how to do it. Yeah,
1: yes. Yeah. And, and
0: Lon did that to me in writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had him in episode 14. Yeah. And he did that to me in writing. I stood up it's like, hey, you're good, mm-hmm. but this is not a good script.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, there's this, this a thing to where... Like something I understand as well. You have to let people make their own mistakes, right. because if you just go correcting people before they make the mistake, then they can't learn from it. You know. So I mean, I, I can understand that uh, humbling um, th- thought, mm. but it's it's just coming to a head, man. It's, 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 difficult. it's I get it. coming to a fucking head. Has me yeah. going fucking insane. Like uh, I don't know if I've said fuck so many times in an episode. Like <laughs> God damn.
0: this is definitely loaded. You know, uh, like uh, and the, uh, the other thing, like I find comfort in it, like. I've been depressed for for some time and I've had anxiety for some time Mm. and all that shit. So, like, I've always found comfort and, like, what people call the dark side of Mm. being a person. I've always sort of had to embrace that just so I could function. And that's where, like, my dark sense of humor comes in and all that Mm -hmm. comes in. But, like, all of the shitty things of being a person, like the arrogance and the the, the thing, I've sort of learned how to contextually adapt them into who I am. Mm. So, like, I feel like that's helped me not lose my fucking head. Just, like, Mm. being able to... Look at someone and contextually say, you know what? Nah, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Not going to care about you at all. But then looking at the other person and going like, all right, you can push. They, they need help. Mm-hmm. You can help them out. They're fine. And being able to do that is sort of, I think that's how people keep their heads when they get to that point of arrogance. Like mm-hmm. there's, something, there's something that you see in other people that makes you go like, ah, fuck. You know what? I should push this away for now. And mm-hmm. let me just like talk to them like a person. And then that's sort of how I, I deal my way through through those thoughts. There's a lot of self reflection and self awareness that goes on in my head too. Yeah. Sometimes, like every weekend, I sit in the bath for four hours and I just think. Mm. And, and and that helps me. Like, oh, fuck, what happened this week? Ah, uh, I think I was wrong on that one. Yeah. Nah, she fuck her. She was wrong on that one. Mm. And I just go through that in my head, and that's sort of how I keep my sane thought process where like because i'm like i keep my neurosis at bay about oh, shit like
1: that that's that's making that's it's doing the opposite for me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i I, sp- I spend time with myself a lot and, and a lot of self-reflection but it's just these four months of like absolute sobriety it's like yeah. the first month of sobriety it's like you're kind of sober but you're not really that sober because i mean l- like i said 2015 2016 like i spent every day a beer every single day like yep. not no skips every single day at least one day you know on the weekends more than that you know so even at least that first month is like not true sobriety because you're still just coming out of it i guess mm-hmm. but month two three and four like now is living living with myself It'll <laughs> this hardcore no i mean it, it's, it's gonna yeah. pass it's gonna pass but but the 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 idea of the future is not like the idea that people are going to suddenly care mm-hmm. because I'm working harder. They're not, Right. <laughs> you know, so it, it's just that the, 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 people that care about me now are the people that are going to care about me in the future. And it has nothing to do with my self worth, my own self worth. Right. And that's, that's just what the depressing thing for me has been is just that no matter how hard, I try. There's not going to be like the teacher that's going to give you the golden star nope. or the thumbs up. Good job. None of that. Like you'll you'll get that if you do something negative. <laughs> you know, if you do anything negative out in this world, break the law, then yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll hear about it.
0: You'll get the, the black star or whatever yep. the yeah. they call it. You
1: definitely yeah. will. But you can go your entire life doing what you think is right and working your hardest and...
0: Yeah, For like not, you better you better learn how to feel rewarded by yourself. 'Cause yeah. that's the that's really the only reward going to get. that's the
1: only reward you'll get is from yourself. Yeah. That's that's the that's conclusion bomb. of what I was getting to here. So
0: On the plus side, you know, we're Yeah. We're, um Yeah. It's a s yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite jokes to do because people don't fucking get it mm. people don't get that when i say on the plus side and then i just awkwardly stagger away Oh, there is no plus that's side. that's yeah. the fucking joke mm. that's that's the joke yes the awkward side that's the joke yes i've had to explain that seven times to several people and just no. like what the fu-? the no. joke is that there is no plus side it's yes. all depressing we're all gonna die but yeah. we're gonna enjoy it
1: <laughs> yeah
0: We're gonna talk about kiss kiss bang bang and then and like after the little happy theme song comes on. Yeah kiss kiss (laughs) bang bang Oh yeah Be right back guys (laughs) And welcome back uh, we are going to talk about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang.
1: Yeah, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang.
0: Kiss Kiss Bang Fucking Bang.
1: Uh, the uh, the rundown on that it uh it came out in two thousand and five. It's a murder mystery. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the rundown is a murder mystery brings <laughs> together a private eye, a struggling actress, and a thief masquerading as an actor. Uh, the writer director is Shane Black. Uh, you may know him from um, he wrote a Kiss uh, the Long Kiss Goodnight, but he didn't direct it. He sold it, and the movie flopped. But um, <laughs> it was. It, it was it's, it's like a cult favorite of mine. Okay. It's um, Samuel L. Jackson and Gina Davis. Uh, we talked about it briefly on the uh, Strong Female Lead episode. Okay, cool. Um, he, also, he also did Iron Man 3, Iron Man which, 3. you know, we talked about that briefly last episode. And the movie that made me investigate nice w- who he was is the Nice Guys. Nice guys yeah. I was The first 45 minutes of this movie, I was like, this seems like a not as good version of Nice Guys. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Of <laughs> you know? it. Like, it's, not, it's, it's a good movie. Yeah. Kissing Bang Bang yeah. is a good movie. But, but, it's, but um, you
0: can see the roots of Nice Guys very in this case, much, bang bang.
1: Very much. You know, but, uh, but yeah, and, and the Nice Guys, which is great. Um, starring in the movie is Robert Downey Jr. as Harry Lockhart. Uh, Val Kilmer as Gay Perry. That's <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michelle Monaghan as Harmony uh Corbin Bernstein as, uh was it Harlan? Yeah, Harlan. Yeah. And Dash as Mr. Frying Pan.
0: Mr. Frying Pan?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't hear that name uttered in the movie, but. Yeah, no,
0: yeah. I guess he's Mr. Frying I Pan. he's Mr. Frying Pan. Um, this movie, uh, I've watched this movie three weeks before today yep. just because I happened to buy it. I remember, yeah. And uh, I love this movie That's so good. fucking much. That's like, good. I laughed so hard during this movie mm-hmm. and watching it for the podcast. Uh, I sort of watch movies differently when I watch them for the podcast, mm. and I, they're like it's just it's a well-made, funny. It's funny, movie. definitely. It's oh, a yeah. funny fucking movie, yeah. And it's simply shot, and it's like a less complicated version, less budgeted version mm. of The Nice Guys. It's yeah. a it's a body cop movie in disguise, and I fucking love ah love it so much.
1: It was, it was really good. It was yeah. really good. There's a um. I'm gonna go my Knox first, and then mm-hmm. the things that I loved. Um, the knocks that I have or the uh, the narration the narration and voiceover you didn't like that? hell no
0: oh my god that was my favorite part of the fucking movie that
1: was the funniest part of the movie yeah. but it was just like the art of storytelling like it took away the storytelling for me when you're it's, it's like when a Sage makes a bad joke and then mm-hmm. you describe the, the joke. joke it's like it's not the joke wasn't good then if you're describing the joke and throughout the entire movie is describing what's happening in front of me as mm-hmm. opposed to like the, the, the complete 180 of that will be watching something and then, kind of feeling dumb because you're not understanding the things that are happening, right. and being lost in the movie. And this movie is very heavy-handed to make sure that no one is lost; everyone is mm-hmm. on the exact same pla- place that the movie is, and explains everything very well. So, okay. I mean, it's it's good for for um, entertainment and enjoyment, but as far as storytelling, it was a little lazy. Okay,
0: you know? yeah, I agree. Yeah, right, I. I- Go go ahead.
1: Yeah. I definitely yeah. Yeah, so uh, so narration and voiceover. I, I took a few points off for that. Um, outside of that, I was a l- I was wishing that I seen this when it came out in two thousand and five yeah. because it was it was hard for me to. I was a little more judgy of his dialogue, mm-hmm. you know. Now, like, picture if Pulp Fiction came out today. And I would look at it, and I would be like, "Why are you saying fuck so much? <laughs> why are you saying?" You know, it was just like, "Why?" It was like, "Why are you?" It's, it's just, it was very sophomoric for me, mm-hmm. I guess. But had I seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in two thousand and five, then
0: you might have had a different opinion. about It, blah, blah,
1: blah, blah. it, it would have been like ingratiated into my very being, mm-hmm. you know, because like that's that's who I am. Is at the time I was like, "What the fuck? You fuck off!" Da, 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 da. It's like it's not subtle at all. It's very. um. It's, it's very in your face. Yeah, it's, it's very, very, very in your face. There's no subtlety, subtlety to it whatsoever. So it's like, in the way that last episode, how I described adaptation uh, fulfilled me intellectually, mm-hmm. but really nowhere else, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang did the opposite. Like it, it, entertainment? It, it, it filled me totally. Entertain, entertainment, mm-hmm. comedy, visuals, but intellectually, it was just like, eh, don't think about this. Just watch the movie. you know. Right. And they don't really give you... Too many moments to think about anything. They're telling you, you know, what you should be thinking about mm-hmm. throughout the movie. So I mean, it's not—it's not, easy to follow. You're not going to get lost, and it's a good movie, yep. you know. So it's like that's those are the only negatives I could give. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's very good and it's very funny.
0: It, it is it, uh, my like. I, it's interesting about the narration mm. because I like the narration for this movie mm-hmm. because it does the same thing. There, there's there, there's rules of comedy that you establish. At the beginning of every movie. Yeah. Like in the, if, if your movie's funny, there's rules that you have to establish by the first half hour. Yeah. And Kiss, is, Kiss Kiss, but what the narration does for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is it establishes the rules of the comedy almost immediately yes. for me. So you, you, like, you hear the narration and you hear uh, Robert Downey and go like, ah, fuck, I fucked that joke up. Mm-hmm. That's not what it was. It was very self-aware. And so, like, it, yeah, it has an element of self-awareness mm-hmm. to it. Uh, but not only that, it, it knows that you're watching a film.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's bring—it's literally bringing you into the narrative mm-hmm. in a way. And it's telling you, it's like, hey, you, the film goer, this is the story of what happened. Yep. This is how we got here. Let me give you some context. Go back, figure shit out. Yep. And and I enjoy that because it, it immediately establishes that there's a line of communication mm-hmm. between the audience member and the movie. Yes. And the line of communication exists. So that you know stuff that the movie necessarily doesn't. Doesn't know yet, yeah. Because it's it's the narrator that's telling you all this information. Mm-hmm. So it creates this, I don't want to call it ironic comedy because it's like the dramatic irony.
1: Yeah.
0: But uh, it's it's comedic irony, in my, my opinion, where you know True, something yes. and, and you don't necessarily know how it's going to play out in the movie, but you're expecting a punchline from it. So like the narrations for me start setting up these little bits of punchlines mm. in the movie, and then when that pays off, it was like I remember that from the narration, and that made the comedy for the movie flow really well. It made the tone flow really well for me, mm. and whenever like there was a piece of dialogue that was particularly, you know, not realistic or particularly disengaging from mm. the story, I thought. This isn't... I'm not watching things play out. I'm watching someone's chain of events play out after the movie has happened. Yeah. Because of the narration. Which is kind of why, like, Fight Club can take such huge leaps of reality. Because Fight Club does has a narrator, but it doesn't use it for comedy. It uses it for drama. Yep where it sets up an expectation, and because it's the narrator, you're only seeing it through the filters of that narrator. Therefore, you don't know what's real. Mm -hmm. In this movie, when there's a line of dialogue that's particularly funny, but it doesn't necessarily work, Mm -hmm. then I go, like, that's because this isn't things that are happening. This is someone's perception of that thing that is happening. So I can sort of accept the comedy and move on and laugh. And that's why I think narration
1: works. It it worked in a comedy way for me. It definitely worked for comedy for me but it just it 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 was it felt very condescending like yeah. when i when i'm watching a movie like i like to Figure see what the uh, the writer and director are trying to to give me without it being so heavy handed and pushed in my face. There's the the one glaring moment I remember was um, Robert Downey Jr. was narrating and then he was like, "Oh, freeze the screen right there. Do you mm-hmm. see that? Dude, Do this it, does it, it makes no sense to have this in the movie whatsoever. You think you'll be seeing this later in the movie? It's like I understand what foreshadowing is and right. what to look for in a movie without someone condescending to me like a five year old.
0: You thought that was condescending? Very much because I, I thought I thought it was. Uh, maybe this is just because I, like, I, I've i done stuff like that. Just for, for comedy, that's just pointing out this is very obvious. We know that this is here. We yeah. know that it's obvious. We know that you should know about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm pointing it out to you so we know that we had no choice but to put it here because it's, it fit the joke. It, it, this is a joke. Is, this is a joke moment.
1: It's, I mean, but is the movie a comedy, though? Yeah, movie's very much a comedy. Oh, I can, I can accept it as a comedy, yeah. but it's like I I, it, I it's listed as a mystery crime thriller.
0: I think that's you a know? wrong place. I think this movie is a dark comedy.
1: It's yeah. a
0: dark comedy thriller. The movie's meant to make you laugh.
1: Like miss mis- it's still, it's a mis- mystery thriller. Yeah. Like maybe dark comedy I, I guess, but it's yeah. just like it's, it feels like the comedy is so heavy-handed, you know that it took away from the story for me. It took away from the mystery. It took away from the, the crime. Like, I didn't even care about the, um, the sister. No not
0: that I, I don't think you were supposed to.
1: But, well, 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 is it just, was I just supposed to laugh?
0: No, I, I, think, that, I think the movie is a body cup movie. So, I think the main focus of the movie is the relationship between Van Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. Mm. And that, and that relationship definitely did evolve throughout the movie. Yes. Robert Downey Jr.'s relationship with Harmony didn't really evolve. It mm. just kind of like took a drastic turn at the end, which he accepted yeah. what he was. But I think that the bit about the sister and the thing, that's very much the porn movie of the nice guys. It yeah. doesn't really matter. The Our, relationship is what matters. And the, that's what I think yeah. uh, the, the, the storytelling worked for the narration because it was Robert Downey Jr. reminiscing mm. on his relationship with Van Kilmer uh, through these events, yeah. and not necessarily the events themselves were in the in the front in the foreground.
1: I I did enjoy Val Kilmer and uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s relationship. Yeah. Like that's of anything within the movie, that was my a one uh, thing. Uh, I got a few lines. I here. got
0: one quote that I really Go love, ahead. and I hope you don't take it. Go ahead. It's a uh, you know what you get when you look up idiot in the dictionary. What's that? Uh, picture of me. <laughs> no, the definition of the word idiot. What you fucking are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he had another one. He was like, do you think I'm stupid? And Perry was like, I don't think you'd know where to put food at if you didn't flap your mouth so much. Yes, I think you're stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like Van Kilmer, I, I don't like Van Kilmer. As an mm. actor, I've, I've always had a problem with Van Kilmer. I mm. don't know why. Never liked
1: him. You didn't like him in Heat either? No.
0: Nah. All right. I never liked him.
1: I, I mean, I'm not a fan yeah. of him either, but I was just trying to clarify.
0: But... <laughs> In this movie, I really love Van
1: Kilmer. I did too.
0: And, and it's a weird thing because mm. I hate his face. Yep. I hate his face. All right, But he was good in this movie. He, he was, was fantastic. He was
1: freaking hilarious. <laughs> like, on, the only thing is I would like to know, like, how an actual gay person feels about his character <laughs> because I thought it was hilarious. But I would want to know, like, if a character was named, like, Nigger Jim. Right. You know, and then, like, the, his characters. Um,
0: I like that you say that because there's actually a character in fiction named Nigger Jim.
1: Yeah. Yeah. okay. That wasn't odd. That was a a coincidence. That was a thing. Okay, never
0: mind. I feel dumb now. Please go on with your nigger gem analogy.
1: (laughs) So, so I want to know, like, and then you have this character um, so firmly based within their color or sexuality, which Gay Perry was. Right. You know, a lot of his jokes had to do with his sexuality. Mm -hmm. and. I, I I would like to hear what a gay person actually thought about the character. Right. But for me, I thought it was well-written and it was hilarious.
0: I, I thought so too. I'm not a straight man by any mm. means. Mm. And so I, but I, I didn't think the character was offensive or could be perceived of, as offensive in okay. any way. Yeah. I, think, I think it was like, yeah, he was gay. People made fun of him being mm. gay. But also the environment in which the movie was born out of. You're, you're playing with a thing that's very stereotypical. Mm. So how does Shane Black as a writer... Go like, well, how do I get to flip that? Yeah, I'll give, I'll, I'll put him in a position of power and then I'll make him so confident in his own gay sexuality mm-hmm. that he can make whatever joke he wants and not, you know, be emotionally affected by it. He so was, I think it worked.
1: His, his confidence in uh, his being gay Add it to the comedy for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the one of the moments when Harry first met him, and he's talking about his name is Gay Perry. He's like, uh, "You still gay? Me? No. I'm, I'm knee deep in pussy. I just like the name so much I can't get rid of it."
0: <laughs> <laughs> and like, and this is uh, like another the, the relationship between Van Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. I think worked for me because it's sort it's a parody. On those body cup movies that were so prevalent in the like the 1980s, or just kind of like two tough guys like, yeah. figuring it out. Yeah. It was, I think it's a play on that. And the fact that it came in 2005, uh, it's like in the middle of like when people are starting to shift attitudes from the tough guy movie and the tough guy persona to the slightly more human-esque character. And I think it's a good play on the tough guy persona trying turning into that more human persona in a movie.
1: There's something to be said here. Is Shane Black related to the, the Lethal Weapon movies?
0: I don't know off the top of my head.
1: I'm going to look that up as we're talking. Okay. Because as we well, am watching the movie, like I said, the first thing I thought about was the nice guys. Right. But now when you brought up that uh, buddy cop mm-hmm. thing, that has fucking Lethal Weapon written all yeah. over it.
0: And Lethal Weapons is a good example of a. Cop thing.
1: Yes. Super Buddy Cop, heavy on the comedy, you know, mystery mm-hmm. thriller type action. But yeah, I'll look that up here and, in a minute. And,
0: and that's what the nice guy says. We're talking about chain Black's work. Mm-hmm. Kiss, kiss Bang Bang is... A parody on those eighties, nineties bodycup movies. Yep, yeah. But then the nice guys is how do we take the perception of what was those movies and how do we put it in modern perception? Yeah. And that's what the nice guys were, because we have two mm-hmm. characters that are completely fucking clueless. Yeah. And and so that like just like the social perception of these body cup movies changed so much that it gave the nice guys a room to exist. Oh yeah. But when I feel when Kiss Kiss Bang Bang came out, it was just making fun of those body, oh, the cup body movies. movies yeah. So that was the room that it could exist in. And making fun of that relationship, and that's why they, they I think, they did something as absurd as the plot line that went into this movie that makes very little sense. <laughs> yeah, they had sort of a cartoonish bad guy, and and because uh, I think they wanted to really just make fun of that buddy cop genre.
1: And yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna add like I'm I'm looking it up right now, mm-hmm. and like yeah, if, if he's done buddy cop movie, yeah, fucking 1987 Lethal Weapon.
0: That's him. That yeah, Roger directed.
1: That is say. yeah.
0: See, and, and I think that, that makes sense.
1: Yes, okay, yeah, like, all right, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that puts me on board with him. Did he write or direct it, did he say? I just put his name he in. Directed,
0: time to be, uh, he wrote it, but Richard Donner, director, he wrote it, okay.
1: So, yeah, like uh, that's that pieces that together pretty well. And I, I love shit like that, yeah. to where it's like you'll watch something that had no idea that it's associated <laughs> with something else, but you can it in there.
0: You can see the roots of it, and oh yeah, and, and that's and that that's why I feel like Iron Man three was such an interesting movie. Yeah, because Shane Black put a little bit of that
1: something different yeah.
0: comedy into it. Mm-hmm. But there was, it wasn't a body cup. It was just no. characters having fun interactions with yeah. each other in Iron Man three.
1: You could tell that he had a uh, a bit of a rapport with Robert Downey Jr. as well, like yeah. the way that Robert Downey was in Iron Man three as opposed to one and two. Yep, you know, but yeah, absolutely.
0: But uh, and and and. I, but the reason I love this movie so much is because I didn't give a shit about any of the other stuff. It yeah. was purely about Kilmer's and Downey's relationship mm. for me. Okay. So like I could, I the, the other stuff was just padding to get the relationship going. It mm. was like steps, yeah. for them to walk. in. but the, the movie is not any of that. The movie is a relationship.
1: Yeah, like I can, I can. If I'm watching it just for like the buddy cop relationship, mm-hmm. like this, this is one of the movies to where it's like. When it came out in two thousand and five, and then like a year, two years later, Mm -hmm. and then someone suggests you have to see this. Why should I see this? And they're like, Oh, it's this kind of movie, right? And you know, but I just went into a black up movie, you you know. (laughs) So it's like mystery thriller. So it's just like yeah, it's just completely out of context of what this movie, what it should have been or what it is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's a very good movie, very good buddy cop movie, and it is fucking funny. It is, it is a very funny
0: movie.
1: Yeah. I still take off my points for the narration and the uh, and the voiceovers <laughs> but um but yeah it's it's very very funny I enjoyed it a lot I had another uh another quote all right Maybe I just maybe my grammar is fucked mm-hmm. because when he's talking about um when he talks to the first girl at the bar and then it was like uh something would go bad and then she was like it would he's go like, badly.
0: I, I know this because I watched a movie this morning. And he mm. goes like, "I feel badly." Can I get you a drink? Mm. And She goes like, "Bad. You you feel bad. Mm. Badly means that the subject of the sentence is broken or like the device that yeah. that says that you feel bad is broken. That's what that means. Yeah. Feeling." the feel is badly felt that's what that means
1: there was a uh, they do that three times in yeah. the movie Well,
0: three? I only saw it twice
1: well the, uh, the, the badly part mm-hmm. but I'm somebody the, the mix up with grammar and words oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's another moment where they have the, uh, the black guy down on his knees with a gun to his head and he was like I want you to picture a bullet inside your head and he was like that, that's ambiguous <laughs> he was like what? he was like yeah do you want him to think about a bullet like through his head or like picture a like bullet, a bullet in his head <laughs> like it's kind of ambiguous <laughs> yeah. they, um, but they, the second time they do the badly thing they're inside the car and perry was like go sleep badly any questions hesitate to call <laughs> and harry was like bad excuse me he's like sleep bad otherwise it makes it seem like the, me- the mechanism that allows you to sleep perry is like what fuck it who taught you grammar badly's an adverb get out vanish
0: <laughs> like, what the fuck here's the thing i don't know enough grammar off the top of my head to know yeah. which one of those two people are right yeah but it's it's
1: I don't it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it is fucking hilarious. Like going off on grammar. Like I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> there they had a uh, they had a line at the end of the movie, which mm. which uh, cosigns even more to the buddy cop, and it's m- mm. all about them. And that's the only thing we're really supposed to be invested in and paying attention to right. is uh, the end, the the last ending scenes, and the fact that. I was a bit upset with the the cheesiness of Val Kilmer still being alive, with Robert Downey Jr. still being alive, and, and even, like I said, they condescended even more to the end, but it's like, like you said, it's, it's comedy. So it was like, yeah, you know, in most movies where this right here would happen, and then this would happen, and then you would get a sad ending, and the people would die, but not in this one. You know, it's like, it's, it's very farce but, to the point to where they bring Abraham Lincoln in, and Elvis, and other people that are dead. Why you just know?
0: bring them all back? Fuck it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, it, it it's very heavy handed with the comedy at at that point.
0: For me, that wasn't that wasn't them being heavy handed. Mm -hmm. That was them going like this is we know we know that this ending is cliche. Mm -hmm. So like we're acknowledging it. We're with you on the joke. We Mm -hmm. know what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. The filmmakers thought of this before you even saw the movie.
1: It doesn't make the the joke better though. It's like like the joke better making a bad joke and then telling us why it's a bad joke and that this is why you could find it funny. It's like it doesn't give it any more merit. You know,
0: I, yeah, no, I I see where you're coming from. I like, mm-hmm. like I agree with the fact that it's not
1: yeah. funny. It's like we're saying this is bad, but it's not as bad because I'm telling you that I realize yeah. that it's bad. But no, it's still bad. <laughs> you know, I think I think I like the the clever in movies, and
0: mm-hmm. like, I like like it, it, I think it's a. I'm defending it mm-hmm. because I think that it works for the movie. Any other movie does it, it's shit. But mm-hmm. I think it works for this movie.
1: It was funny. It was yeah. funny. But I I was. I was a bit offended by the uh <laughs> by the condescension.
0: It's funny cuz I was so much more offended by anything Guardians of the Galaxy 2 did than yeah. any of the like the the condescending things that you're finding yeah. in this movie. It
1: just I fascinates mean, me. Yeah, yeah, it happens. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 2 that was uh last week episode that 66. Week episode, Go back yep. and listen to that. We had uh, rob from at uh, that guy draws from uh Twitter. Yep. Check that out 67. episode 67. Yep. Yeah. Uh kiss kiss bang bang um what else would I have to say about it? I mean, it's it's an hour and forty three minutes, and about.
0: I, th- I think I think I have one more thing to say, mm. and and this is more Shane Black's sort of filmmaking style. Mm-hmm. That, did he also direct Kiss Kiss? Who, yes, know?
1: he wrote and directed wrote uh, Kiss Kiss, Kiss, Kiss directed, Bang Bang. Yeah,
0: and he directed The Nice Guys.
1: He wrote and directed Nice okay. Guys.
0: So there's, I, I see a, I see a pattern in his work, and he starts off by by setting something that said so like this would never happen. This is a work of fiction. Yeah. And it's like, this is like the books, this is like the movies, this would never, ever fucking happen. Yeah. And then slowly starts edging the audience into the more and more absurd realm of it actually happening. Yeah. And, and in, 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 in this one, in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, at the end, he says like, but just for like one minute, it was just like the fucking books. Mm. And then had to, they took it away. Mm. And then, but in The Nice Guys, it doesn't. <laughs> There's no comparison to fiction. Yeah. The Nice Guys, the absurdity is there from the very beginning. Yeah. So, like, I feel like f- this movie was very much an experiment of what The Nice Guys would become. I agree with that. And a sort of transition moment between, first of all, the the, the, the attitude about those kinds of movies in 2005. Yeah. And then 10 years later is when The Nice Guys came out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a huge perception. But, like, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was the route when you can see Shane Black sort of, like... He's got a very distinct style, and I can't quite describe it without yeah. thinking about it for, like, more than a week. Mm. Um, but hes a, you can tell it's a Shane Black movie. Definitely. By the way that it looks. By the way the set piece at the end moves. Yep. By the complicated puzzle pieces that are aligning themselves in the background of the story. Mm-hmm. Where the relationship is being, like, built upon every time they figure out a new piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And that happens in The Nice Guys throughout the entire movie. Oh, yeah. And it happens in this movie from the point that uh, Robert Downey Jr. figures out that Ames was Harmony's sister. Yeah. So, like, yeah, this movie, Kisses the Spin Bang, completely riddled with comedy. Yeah. And it's not as infused as it could be. Prime example, The Nice Guys, the comedy in The Nice Guys is super well infused in the story. Yes. And here, there's definitely, like, you can see comedy and you can see story and they don't necessarily mix Mm. the whole time. Yeah. But... If if I were to like I said it I said it but if I looked at this movie as a the the parody of a Body Cop movie yeah it hits on every beat of a Body Cop movie oh man makes it yeah. absurd and then twists it on its head and that's why it works
1: yes as like a, as a parody definitely yeah. definitely like it it changes the dynamic like I said just going into a movie when you see a. Um like a lethal weapon movie. Mm-hmm. And then you say the very next movie is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And they both are listed as a crime thriller mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like that that time isn't removed from me that, oh, I'm I also wrote Lethal Weapon. I understand what a buddy cop movie mm-hmm. is yeah. and how to write story and structure. I understand that and this is a parody of that. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's like that's not the way that I went into looking at it, you know, but I lo- like I guess I love the comedy. Yeah. It felt heavy-handed at times, but it was fucking agree. funny. <laughs> you know, but it was fucking funny. It's like one thing that I would was way over the top for me was when he's trying to get into a door, she shuts the door and cuts his finger <laughs> clean <laughs> you know. off. Yeah. Clean. <laughs> like, like, like a butcher knife, straight through the bone, like no jagged edges, sim- s- complete circle, yep. perfectly cut off <laughs> from the door. <laughs> you know, and then you, see then, then later on, the uh, a dog eats that finger. Yep. Um. But, but but not before he has it sewn back on and has a couple of assholes like fucking with him with a finger and halfway tearing it off. So I mean, it's, it feels like a lot of it was written for comedy mm-hmm. more so than the story. And I think that's my biggest beef is that the blend, the, the, there wasn't a blend of the two things. It was, you have this and then you have this and then right. you have this and then you have this. It reminds me of um, the movie, Just Let's Be Cops. It's like, where you, they, we, we didn't do an episode uh-huh. on it. i seen it in the movies though, but it was like, it was action comedy and they didn't know how to blend action and comedy together. It was, right. here's some comedy, here's some action, here's some comedy, here's some action. And this movie where the comedy was, it hit. Mm -hmm. all the comedy hit but then where there wasn't any comedy I wasn't enjoying myself anymore
0: that makes sense yeah I can see that yeah. Uh, what uh, action comedy? Action comedy is Good example. Of, uh, okay. Red Lico with right. Bruce Willis. Oh, the, At, yeah. yeah. right's Wright's a great action yeah. comedy. Yes. Uh, comedy director. Okay. Uh, yeah. I just wanted a frame of comparison. You're yeah. right. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. I don't think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang blends uh, the other elements of the movie with the comedy nearly as well as it could. Yeah. Or nearly as well as that did, he did on The Nice Guys.
1: Yeah. But it's funny. But like Red I said, Red it is funny. It's fucking hilarious. It's very funny. Like you can't take away from that. <laughs> you know. But, but like I said, it doesn't blend well. But it's. I'd watch it again. I'd recommend people to watch it. It's. Fun fucking hilarious yeah
0: and it you really know? it really does uh is there any what score would you give this movie
1: oh uh, this is gonna be tough because like i said I, this is my first first time watching it and for the podcast and it was out of context the way that i originally watched it mm-hmm. but um 7.9 7.9 mm.
0: really that's man our rating scales are so fucked up <laughs> i give it a solid seven mm? okay yeah like, I I really, like, We, I really want to sit down with you one day and just, like, go through, like, what does each of our numbers mean mm. for the other person? Yeah. Because I, I give it a solid, I think it's a seven.
1: Like, I I mean, the well, I guess, like, our rating systems are different because you'll never hear me say anything's a five or lower. Right. Because I wouldn't watch it.
0: Okay. <laughs> you know. Now, see, uh, like, from one to three, I don't want to watch it. But mm. four to five is average. Mm. Six to seven is, like, very good. 8 to 9 is like holy shit this is great. Mm-hmm. And then 10 is just like Casablanca. Yep.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, one, one, 1 to 3 is like really bad. Like you didn't go to school for this. The the right. framing is bad, the lighting is bad. Like it's just so technically bad that I can't even get into the things that could have made this good. You know, 1 to 3. From 4 to 5 is you might know what you're doing as far as like your your lighting and your your setup and everything, but now you might have bad actors or your plot holes. Well, right. Things like that but after a five a five is you have a complete movie you know you have um a, a writer director you have a complete movie mm-hmm. but maybe it's just not that good you right. know as a five you know six seven six and seven you know just a little bit more so i mean it's see it's been- for me <clears throat> one like one to three. Mm-hmm. that's like the passengers
0: uh movies Oh, Probably. whoa. I'm like, way worse. Want one. to be a
1: three? Yeah. Way worse. Like, That's Passengers
0: like, is a solid two
1: for me. Like, it's a garbage mm, movie. Oh, no. Like, you, you have to pick, like, somebody at the Art Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, say, say you get Brent. Mm-hmm. Good friend of ours, Brent Brenton from mm-hmm. the Art Institute. Look and at then the you
0: big g- brains. I'm Brent.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you give him $100,000 and tell him to go produce a, a feature-length film. Mm-hmm. That's a two. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you understand like the difference between like passengers and what somebody that doesn't know what they're doing and aren't going to get the the money to release this movie. Right. Like I've seen bad. Like yeah. I know actual bad. Like passengers. Like is a two for like a Hollywood release, mm-hmm. but I guess in like the grand scheme of things, like of everything that I've ever seen, I've seen worse.
0: Yeah. And, and, that's, <laughs> a, and that's the thing. And that's what the context is. Cause like every time that a rage, like a, like a rate, like a feature release, yeah, I know it's in the context of like, this is probably going to be technically well-made.
1: Yeah. It's yeah.
0: not going to have like atrocious framing mm. or atrocious lighting. Yeah. It's just going to be bland, boring and uninspiring. Yeah. But like for me, one to three in a Hollywood release means it's just, it's technically well-made. Mm. But it
1: sucked really it, bad. That's that's the yeah. It's like I'm I've I've been using my one through ten for like all movies ever. So like the movie that me and you make, and the movie that Steven Spielberg makes, <laughs> you know. So like we could be a one, and Spielberg is a ten, you right. know, as opposed to a rating. Um, like, a, what's what's the guy, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, mm-hmm. in comparison to a uh, Martin Scorsese. Right. You know, like, I'm saying that Shyamalan could be the bottom. Like, when you're in your list, like, Sh- someone like Shyamalan, not knocking Shyamalan, but whoever, yeah. in, in, insert, insert random... Insert director. Yeah, yeah, insert director here that's in Hollywood could make a one movie. And my list was saying that they probably aren't capable of making a movie less than a four or three.
0: Right. And, okay. and like, I... I yeah, that, that's I think that's what it is. Because, like, M. Night Shyamalan... Like, or any other director. Yeah. Like, even Scorsese. Yeah.
1: Scorsese
0: Chris, Chris could make a one movie. He could. He won't do it. No. Because he's good. Yeah. But he, like, he's in the industry. Mm. His movies are future releases. Mm. And he could conceivably make a movie that I consider a one or a two or a three. Yeesh. Um, Probably not going to do it. No. But, like, for me, like, any movie that's released under the Hollywood mantle yeah. can fit under the category from one to two like, can fit in that scale of 1 to 10. Okay. Uh, when you're talking about indie movies, there's a, like, there's a sliding scale. Like, if we're talking indie movies, mm. I take into consideration, all right, well, of course this movie didn't have this budget, had this restrictions because it was an indie, indie movie, crowdfunded, whatever. Mm. What did they do with those restrictions? Yeah. And what, how creative were they within them yeah. to, like, make the movie happen? Right. And so I've seen indie movies that I would label an 8, Mm-hmm. That if they had been released as none in the movies would have been a four. Oh no! Yeah, so like for me it's like very contextual. Okay. Uh, and 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 sort of like I were, like I, I I try to see like the limitations that the film had to work within, to sort of rate it in the, the that category. But if I were to rate every movie from one to 10, then those scores would we'll be shift. different, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm rating everybody as in you're all equal and you all, because, right. you know, everybody's, it's like, in, in comparison, like, me, like, say me in basketball, I'd be like, yeah, I'm good. And then you put me against everybody in the NBA, be like, no, you're the worst basketball player <laughs> ever. Right. You know, in comparison to, to these. Mm-hmm. So it's like, those, that's what I compare, like, amateurs, you're compared to the professionals. You know, some, like, everybody's mm-hmm. on the same scale for, for me.
0: For me, it's a league. It's mm-hmm. sort of like amateurs and like, in, in an amateur context, this mm. is great. Mm. In an indie context, this is great. Yeah. In a feature-length context, this is great. Mm. So, like, it's sort of like like little leagues, middle leagues, that kind of thing mm. for me. That's how I view my rating right. score. Anyway, that was a nice little tangent. Really? There you go. Now you know how we write movies. Yikes. By the way, I want to point out before we cut away, mm-hmm. uh I gave Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy 2 five point five, and then I gave Suicide Squad 6.5. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna knock down Suicide Squad to like a solid four. All right. and then leave Guardians of the Galaxy at a five point
1: five. Sounds good. Uh Well it doesn't sound good, but uh, uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a four.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's not good, Suicide Squad.
0: That was my only that was my only uh amend that mm-hmm. I'm going to make to the Suicide Squad episode All right. uh, other than that uh, we're done with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Dude. I think it's a solid movie and you should watch it yes. especially if you're into the into the kind of movie that, that makes fun of the tropes of other types of movies mm-hmm. I think Shane Black does that very well yes, and it I does. think The Nice Guys is a better movie than Kiss Kiss Bang Bang but you can see the roots of the nice guys born out of a movie like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Very much. And I think it's a, if you like Shane Black's work or you're thinking about making movies like Shane Black, mm-hmm. you have to read that evolution from Lethal Weapon to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang to the nice guys and see why the Lethal Weapon worked when it worked and why Kiss Kiss worked when it did and mm-hmm. the nice guys work now. And I think that's the real value of these three movies that Shane Black wrote. Hey. And uh, other than that, uh, I, I give I give this movie a solid seven, and I think everyone should watch it.
1: It's a good movie. Check cool. it out.
0: We'll be right back with the closing and television premieres. Yeah. Why did that fuck me up? Oh. <laughs> and welcome back. Uh, closing television movie premieres. We have more papers this week. About
1: uh, three papers. Oh, same three time. papers. Sorry. Yeah.
0: Anyways,
1: it's going. Uh television and movie premieres this week. The first thing is going to be Tuesday, May the 16th, the day this episode is released. Uh we have Tracy Morgan Staying Alive. Staying Alive? Staying Alive. <laughs> ha, 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 staying Alive. <laughs> yeah. That's uh Tracy Morgan if if you guys remember uh 2 years ago he was hit by a uh, 18-wheeler Walmart truck. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, he was really fucked up. Oh yeah. The uh there was another comedian in the uh, in the limousine with him. He died. Tracy Morgan was in the hospital for a good amount of time, and apparently he got like a ninety million dollar settlement from Walmart. Like he got Mm. broke the fuck off, but um, yeah, still not worth your livelihood. But yeah, he um, he has his first stand up comedy since of televised stand up comedy since Mm is going to be on Netflix Tuesday May the sixteenth. Not a big fan of him as a comedy comedian.
0: I I liked him in... 30 30 rock. 30 rock yeah. 30 rock. I love him as back.
1: I love him as a comedic actor. Mm-hmm. Like but I don't like his stand-up comedy. You know, like when I see him on a television show or a movie, he's fucking hilarious to me, <laughs> but I can't just sit him see him stand up in front of an audience. I'm going to get somebody pregnant behind the middle school. <laughs> you know. <laughs> he just he makes the same jokes often and then he pulls up his shirt like look at my stomach and yeah. I don't know. It's he's very a weird silly. guy. He's a weird guy yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm glad he,
0: I'm glad he made
1: it. That was same. that was dodgy for a while. Yeah. Let me hold a dollar Tracy Morgan. Let me hold a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <mean>? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You got 90 million dollars at Walmart. You know. Oh, let, me hold, let me hold something. <laughs> uh, the next thing is, uh, I am Heath Ledger. That's going to be it's a on Documentary on Heath Ledger. Yeah, it's going to be on Wednesday, May the 17th. I am Heath Ledger. It's going to be on Spike TV at 10 p.m. Heath Ledger was fucking awesome. Like he, we we lost a a very good actor, man.
0: Oddly enough, I like before we we lost him before he died. Mm. Um, I only knew him as the Joker.
1: Oh, uh, you didn't watch the uh, that movie Ten Things I Hate About You?
0: Well, I didn't recognize him. Oh, I, I you, you only knew you. him as the Joker. Yeah. but then I went back and I realized that it's been in a lot of stuff that oh, I yeah. enjoy.
1: Yeah, yeah. The um, like I didn't, you know, like I, I same, almost the same, kind mm-hmm. of similar, actually, because I had seen him in movies before, but he wasn't a, a name. He right. was just a face, you know, that was pretty good in, in movies for me. It wasn't until uh, Brookback Mountain that's the first movie where I, I attached a name to the face Same. just just because everybody was talking hardcore and the homophobe stuff was going on and I just heard his name everywhere but after seeing the movie I'm like this guy's fucking awesome he's pretty great. like he has no bounds he's a very great actor and then by the time the uh, Batman Knight. came out Dark Knight came out I was like holy shit he's the guy he's the fucking damn he's dead yep. you know that quickly That the movie wasn't even out yet was it? The, I don't, bl- I don't no, believe the movie was released a
0: month before release. Before it was released yeah, yeah.
1: Like it was fucking bonkers, man. But uh, he was he was uh, he was with Michelle Williams. Who you know what is cool that we get we're on record for shit. Like I, w- I was listening to like episode three or four, and uh, Jonathan was here, and um, we were like, "Who are our favorite actors?" And Jonathan said, "Natalie Portman." You said um, the woman that was on the Golden Globes with um, James Franco. You said she's like your favorite. Anne Hathaway.
0: Oh yeah, I love Anne
1: Hathaway. Anne Hathaway and I said Michelle Williams, and y'all were like, who the fuck is that? I was like, she's like the best actress in the entire world. And then this past Academy Awards, she won an Oscar for. Oh um, fuck yeah! Yeah, and I was just like, I don't know, just glad to have it on record. Talking about but, Anne Hathaway. Yeah,
0: uh, I saw her. I, I heard her episode of Mark Maron, yes. amazing interview. Yes, and then, but I haven't seen Colossal, and I really want to see Colossal. What is it? It's the movie. It's a it's a movie where there's a monster in New York, mm. and the monster re- like. How destruct the monster is depends on her own emotions. So it's mm. kind of a metaphor of like killing the monster inside for mm-hmm. being like such a bitch. Yeah. Apparently, like that's what she described it as in the Mario yeah. episode. Yeah. And I really, really, really want to see that movie, and I haven't gotten the chance. to.
1: Hmm. I'm about to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, but that's I am Heath Ledger. Uh, it's going to be Wednesday, May the seventeenth. It's a documentary on Spike TV at nine p.m. Nice. Uh, the next show is Friday, May the nineteenth. The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt.
0: I, I I didn't like it, mm-hmm. but I acknowledge that it was a good show. Yes,
1: it it's out. funny enough. It's not yeah. my brand of humor. Tesla, right. she's watched every episode. She swears by it. He but I mean, I love Tina Fey, um, the girl that plays Kimmy she Schmidt. It? It, yeah, it. yeah, that's her show. Oh, nice. Yeah, she uh, writes, produces, like that's all her own show. Uh, but the lady that plays Kimmy Schmidt, I, I really liked her in uh, the Office. She was a secretary R- after Pam. After Pam left the Office, then the right. new, the yeah. new redhead that was her. Uh, so, but Kimmy Schmidt, she has a lot of uh, like YouTube uh, television show stuff or skits. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's funny. She is really funny. Yeah, but I'm not watching The Unbreakable Kimmy <laughs> Schmidt. But that shouldn't stop you from doing that. So that's a Friday, <laughs> May the 19th is on Netflix. Uh, next thing is uh, Saturday, May the 20th, The Wizard of Lies. is a drama on HBO at 8 p.m. Robert De Niro stars as Bernie Madoff in a biopic directed by Barry Levinson, Michelle Pfeiffer, Lily Rabb, and Hank Azari. As Have you? Uh, ba, 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 ba. Azaria, there we go.
0: Have you noticed that the more and more the, like the internet starts becoming like a great medium for content, mm. the more really big Hollywood movie stars are making their way into an episodic format? Hell yeah! Robert De Niro in a television thing. Yeah, I never would have thought that would have, that would
1: happen. Oh yeah, that's happening now. Yeah. <laughs> that is hap- That's full scale happening who's now. That,
0: who's the biopic for? I missed it.
1: Uh, Bernie Madoff.
0: It, he made a. I know.
1: Yeah. Remember. Yeah, he he had the uh, the Ponzi scheme in uh two thousand the early two thousands, mm-hmm. and a lot of people lost money to this guy. Yup. Fucking insane. But yeah, they're making a whole movie about that. I'll most likely check that out. I fuck with mm-hmm. Robert De Niro. I love Robert De Niro. That's uh, a Saturday. <laughs> that's Saturday May the twentieth on HBO at eight p.m. Uh, and last but not least, Sunday May the twenty-first Twin Peaks. Oh,
0: fuck yeah, that's coming back. Twin
1: Twin Peaks Peaks is coming back. It's a drama on Showtime at 9 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, This year's most anticipated television event is, is this unlikely revival of David Lynch's groundbreaking ABC series, Twin Peaks, over 45 years after it last aired. 25 years. Did I say just yeah, I 45 just now? Yeah, after 25 years <laughs> <laughs> after it last aired. 45 years ago. Sheesh. I'm
0: really, like, I, I didn't get to watch the entirety of the original Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. But the reason I'm excited for this is, like, I just, I love the actor that plays the main character. Oh, the
1: uh, the white guy with the black hair? Yeah. yeah. I
0: don't know his name. I don't yeah. know where I've seen him. Mm-hmm. But every time I watch Twin Peaks, I, I'm just captivated by that man.
1: I, I want like, to, like, Tessa watch every episode of that. Mm-hmm. Every episode and as, like, a film student and somebody that, like, wants to be, like, a hoity-toity, like, arrogant person mm-hmm. that I've seen everything, <laughs> I haven't seen that. And it's because it was. It, it's like a soap opera.
0: It is. It's, it's so dry. Yeah. And it's so bizarre. Yeah. It's like the X-Files or like the X-Files didn't have emotion yeah. put in it. Yeah. And, and, and I love it. I really yeah. do love the style.
1: I want. I want to try it. I want yeah. to try it, but it was just like I could never get myself in the the frame. And, and oh fuck, it's, it's David, David Lynch. Lynch. It's yeah. David Lynch. I love David Lynch, bro. I love you, man. But
0: <laughs> he yeah. said he's done with cinema. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I said it in an interview, and I'm totally done with it. That's fine. Yeah. All right.
1: Well, uh, that's that's, <laughs> it for, uh, that's it for that's it movies uh, for television. We got two. Well, for movies, we got two movies coming out. Right. Uh, the first one is Diary of a Wimpy Kid: The Long Haul. Mm. It's a ninety-minute runtime. It's a comedy family movie. Uh, the rundown is: uh, the Heffley family road trip to attend Meemaw's ninetieth birthday party goes hilariously off course thanks to Greg's newest scheme to get a video game convention. Oh, to get to a video game convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director is David Bowers, and it stars Alicia Silverstone. All yeah, right. I know
0: that name, but I don't know the she face. She
1: was in uh, *Clueless*. I...
0: I'll go a later. Yeah,
1: but um, but yeah diary of a wimpy kid i worked at um i worked at walmart in 2011 mm-hmm. and there was a book diary of a wimpy kid That's a good book. was it yeah because like, all right because like parents like moms and like parents who were coming there to buy this book for their kid every like so many like this this book flew off the freaking shelf yeah like i I, I, don't, I didn't know that is this like a sequel i guess
0: yeah there was another movie i think two years ago okay uh maybe three um but yeah, no, that was a, that, that, it's based on that book. Mm. And the reason why it's such a good book and kids loved it is because it was, it, it wasn't, it didn't pull any punches about sort of being the, the, the social outcast. It mm. was like, you were the social outcast. How do you live in that world? And okay. it, it was a pretty good book. Yeah. I don't know how well the movies are, but the, the book was pretty neat.
1: Yeah, the book was selling like fucking hotcakes. I know that. But, oh, but yeah, that's Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul. Go check that out this weekend. Uh, the next thing is a movie that I'll definitely be seeing Alien Covenant. Yep. Alien Covenant is listed as a, well, it's a 122 minute runtime, a horror sci fi thriller. It has a 65 meta score currently, but the movie isn't released yet, so we'll see about that. <laughs> um, the rundown is 62. 65. Okay. Um, the rundown is the crew of a colony ship bound for a remote island discover an uncharted paradise with a threat beyond their imagination and must attempt a harrowing escape. Direct- director is Ridley Scott. Yep. So your stars is Michael Fassbender. Um, Danny McBride.
0: I do not know Fastman that was in it. A star, Yes.
1: Yeah. Nice. Uh, Catherine Watterson is in it. Danny McBride is in it. You know the guy from um, Eastbound and Down? No. I don't know. He's, he's, he's a funny guy, though. Cool. He's funny. But yeah, that's that's okay. it for movies. I
0: want to add a movie to that. Um, technically, it already came out, but Logan's Black and White Cut mm. uh, is releasing on May 16th. Nice. Too, on theaters. So it's getting another theater run. A Black and White Cut. Black and White Cut. Hmm. They composed the movie... When the, th- this is interesting because when they made the movie, they composed the shots that it could work monochromatically. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I say, oh, "Fuck!" Sorry, I got something in my mouth. And I've seen um, some dude, but a video as about like why logan would work monochromatically. Yeah. And 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 I thought it was such an interesting like it's the Mad Max thing where like they released the movie in black and white. Mm-hmm. And I really want to see how the movie being in monochrome changes the movie because I think it definitely changes the tone a little bit.
1: I think it'll be a bit grittier.
0: I think so too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be sadder and more dramatic. Yeah. Uh because of the con like there's no depth of color. Mm-hmm. So everything's gonna be like either shadow or not shadow. Yeah. Like, that's like the the classic black and white composition. And some shots that you could see bits of color in the background are just not gonna have that bit of color. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna be pure pure shadow or not. Yeah. And like there's a shot in when they're in the living room with the family. Uh did you see Logan? Yes. Okay. You know when like, uh, they, the, the black family, yep. they're having dinner with them, mm. and there's a shot where Charles Xavier says that he's happy that he's finally had one last sort of family dinner. Yep. And the way that they close that shot, you can see lights in the background, and everything looks kind of orangey and thing. But if you make that shot monochromatic, the only thing you're seeing is Charles Xavier's face
1: mm.
0: making that shot and a little bit of the kitchen light. And I, it's just it like, I can, I can really see this black and white cut being way better than the original movie. Hmm.
1: Yeah. That was I'm great. interested. I'm interested yeah. in that.
0: I think I'm going to go see it. I think it's definitely, it's, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. And I, I, and I'm liking that, that directors and filmmakers are taking those kind of creative chances mm-hmm. um, because normally it would never happen. No one, would no, think no. to release a superhero movie in black and white, yeah. but I think Logan has enough power that they can go like, this is the last X-Men movie with Logan. Yeah. And we need to have some fun with it, and I think that's great.
1: There's a, there's a thing when it when it's done right. Like I like black and white when it's like like what the way you were describing yeah. Logan. Like that could work. My my issue is when. Um, uh, quasi artist mm-hmm. decide to use uh, black and white quasi. to uh, <laughs> yeah. They decide they decide to shoot something and put it in black and white because it looks more artistic. Right, but
0: it, they didn't compose the shot to be in black and white.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So and it's just I I see people get the wool pulled over their eyes very often mm-hmm. thinking that something is better or more artistic because it's in black and white. Right. I'm like, no, that doesn't make it more artistic. You know, but but no, it went it a is choice, it's a choice. But it can
0: be a good choice Dick or, or it can bad be a bad choice. choice. Yes.
1: Exactly. Just black and white doesn't automatically make something good i agree yeah
0: wings of desires another one of those movies that could have been shot in color but because mm. it was shot in black and white completely changed mm. the tone of the movie yeah uh i think that's all i have to say for today's episode i think we had a good a bit we, of yeah we did yeah fuck yeah uh kiss kiss bim Bang, brilliant movie i think you should watch it yes uh, uh you can find us on twitter at underscore ffs podcast itunes uh, uh itunes stitcher google play music app and soundcloud at on uh, ffs or for film's sake Shit. What is happening to I, don't, I
1: don't I don't I don't know what is that ha- ha- Why am I, I looking know. at you for This is
0: my bit yes. This is me Chris every time I start saying this bit Chris takes off his headphones and clocks out Yep cuz he is done <laughs> And I just looked at him and it was like I don't know what the fuck you are looking at me for dude I am done <laughs> Listen Google Play Music iTunes Stitcher and 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 SoundCloud we're on, we're there and there for film's sake Twitter underscore the FFS podcast and Facebook the FFS podcast. Yeah. Find us and uh, that's it. I mean, that's a whole spiel. What can I say? Sorry I fucked you up, Chris. <laughs> 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 uh, bye. That's it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>